0: I will arise and go forth to the house of
1: my young, house of my young.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney, a Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, What the Rabbis Teach About the Ten Tribes. This is part six of the series. And the tribes who are living beyond the river Sabathian and beyond the mountains of darkness shall gather together and come to Jerusalem. Isaiah stated, saying to the prisoners, Go forth. Isaiah 49, nine. He was referring to those exiles who are living beyond the to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. In Ezekiel chapter 37, the beginning of the chapter tells us about Ezekiel's vision where he saw some dry bones. Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 3: The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me. Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 4 and 5 and verse 11, it says, Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Now remember, in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 9, the ten tribes are called prisoners of hope in Isaiah 37 verse 11 it says then he said unto me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel behold they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost why is our hope lost because we are cut off from our parts so as long as the 10 tribes are not united with Judah our hope is lost because what is the hope the hope is the Messiah gathering the exiles of Israel in unifying northern kingdom southern kingdom which is associated with the Messianic era, which is our hope because that's when Israel is the dominant nation in the earth and the blessing to all nations. So as long as we're divided, our hope is lost. As long as we are cut off from our part. In Acts chapter 28 verse 17, we're told how Paul was brought before the Roman authorities. And in part... What triggered this is Paul was teaching Messiah dying on the tree to gather the exiles of Israel, and he was receiving flack from Jews who contradicted and would not accept his message. Acts 28 verse 17 it says, It came to pass that after three days Paul called the chief of the Jews together, and when they were come together he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people... Customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Notice he became a prisoner. Acts 28 verses 19 and 20. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because, look at this, because that for the hope of Israel... I am bound with this chain. The hope of Israel is the reunification of Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom. So he was proclaiming the message and he wasn't being received when he proclaimed the message and that caused him to go before the Roman authorities. He had to give his testimony and he says, This has all happened to me because of the hope of Israel that he is in this chain. So he later expressed, I wish all would have the honor to experience what I honor and to carry this hope of Israel with them. Paul later on went to say. In the book From Exile to Redemption, Volume 1, page 65 by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, making a reference to Amos Chapter 8, verse 11, it is explained that in the end of days there would be a famine in the land. On the eve of the coming of the Messiah, the entire generation will be hungry for the word of God as it is written. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine famine in the land. Not a famine for bread nor a thirst for water but for hearing the words of God. This famine is mentioned in Yeshua's parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son is Ephraim. And one of the things that causes Ephraim to return to his father is he experiences a famine. And this famine is you're not being fed spiritually. How many have said I'm just not getting fed in church anymore? And that is the prophesied famine of the parable that Ephraim would experience that would cause him to return to his father which means returning to Torah and returning to his root. Luke chapter 15 verse 11 and he said a certain man had two sons the two sons are Ephraim and Judah and the younger of them that is Ephraim said to his father father give me the portions of goods that falls to me. Now why did the younger son say this? Because he received the birthright and the inheritance. So he said hey give me my inheritance and he divided unto them his living and and not many days after the younger son, that is Ephraim, gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. That's exile into the nations of the world. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living, that is harlotry or idolatry. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. Amos in chapter 8 verse 11, meaning no Torah. And he began to be in want. He was starving spiritually. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And when he came to himself... He said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise. The phrase I will arise means awakening from spiritual slumber. It means returning from exile. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Compassion is mercy and so the redemption of Ephraim and Judah is an act of mercy by the God of Israel and he ran and he fell on his neck and kissed him Ephraim is shown mercy or compassion in the end of days Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 18 through 20 I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus you have chastised me and I was chastised as a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke turn thou me and I shall be turned for you are the Lord my God surely after that I was turned I repented and after that I was instructed repented means a decision to follow Torah and then he was instructed in Torah I smote upon my thigh in other words he realized how in the world have I missed it for so long how is it that I didn't see he smote upon my thigh I was ashamed even confounded because I did bear the reproach of my youth is Ephraim my dear son is he a pleasant child for since I spake against him that's in Hosea chapter 1 I do earnestly remember him still therefore my bowels are troubled for him I will surely have mercy upon him says the Lord and so the father in the parable had compassion when he saw him afar off and he ran to greet him a summary of these things Judah will seek for the lost 10 tribe. Paul was a Jew whose ministry was was to the lost 10 tribes as long as Ephraim is separated from Judah then our hope is lost that is we will not see the messianic era Paul was a prisoner of hope in the end of days there will be a famine in the land Amos chapter 8 verse 11 Ephraim is the prodigal son and Ephraim returned to his father that is Torah because there was a famine in the land he was not being taught Torah and he was lacking for spiritual food next let's look at the birth of Jacob and Esau because the end of days is a conflict between Jacob and Esau and the only way the rabbis teach that Esau will be defeated is when Ephraim and Judah unite. Joseph must unite with Judah to defeat Esau. Genesis chapter 25 verses 21 through 23 and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah his wife conceived and the children struggled to Together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in your womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from your boughs, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And the art scroll of Genesis, volume one, page one thousand and fifty six. In commentary to these verses, it says, "...the rendering of regimes follows Rashi, who explains that the word always denotes a kingdom, in other words, a people living together under one form of government, who will be ideologically at odds forever." That is, Jacob and Esau are two nations that will be ideologically at odds with one another. "...and the might will pass from one to the other. The two of them will never be mighty simultaneously." when one falls the other will rise Talmud Megillah 6a war between them is inevitable this condition began when each conquered its own land and will continue until the coming of the Messiah in the art scroll of Genesis volume 1 page 1057 in reference to in the end the younger will prevail according to the midrash this prophecy will be fulfilled in the days of the Messiah this is a view followed by Malbum, who cites Obadiah chapter 1, verse 21, which describes Messianic times when deliverers shall go up to Mount Zion to rule the whole country of Esau, and the dominion shall be the Lord's. What period of time are we talking about when the dominion is the Lord's? The Messianic era. In Genesis chapter 25, verses 24 through 26, 6, it says, And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out and his hand took hold on Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 1058, it says, Malbum interprets this entire incident as pertaining to Messianic times. Messianic times is alluded to by the phrase birth because messianic times is associated with the birth pangs of the messiah in the art scroll of genesis volume 1 page 1061 it says jacob is a play on the word ekeb which means heel, because he grasped esau's heel according to Sephorno, the name means at the end or a kav of time he will endure as the victor in the constant struggle with the evil forces represented by esau this was by Jacob's grasping of his brother's heel, alluding to the end. So it's only in the end of days that Jacob will be able to overcome and be victorious over Esau. But how does the overcoming come about? It comes about when Joseph unites with Judah and the Messiah fight against Esau. In the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 2, page 672, it explains how Joseph is Esau's enemy and it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph Genesis chapter 30 verse 25 as soon as Esau's adversary Joseph was born Jacob then said unto Laban send me away that I may go unto my own place into my country for rabbi Phineas said in the name of Rabbi Samuel son of Naman, it is a tradition that Esau will fall at the hands of none other than Rachel's descendant as it is written, surely the youngest of the flock shall drag them away, Jeremiah chapter 49:20. And why does he call them the youngest of the flock? Because they were the youngest of the tribes. In the Torah Anthology to the 12 Prophets, volume 1, page 488, it explains how Joseph united with Judah, or Ephraim, or the ten tribes united with Judah, is destined to defeat Esau. The descendants of Esau can only be overcome by the power of the sons of Rachel. This pertains to Joseph rather than Benjamin. The scripture hints at a future confrontation between Esau and Jacob. The straw of one will be consumed by the fire of the other. Thus it says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. Genesis 25-21 The numerical equivalent of this in Hebrew 707 the same as fire and straw in the art scroll of genesis volume 2 page 1314 as rashi expresses it when rachel had given birth to joseph who was the destined adversary of esau or the power that would defeat him as it is written in obadiah chapter 1 verse 18 and the house of jacob shall be a fire and the house of joseph a flame and the house of esau shall be a straw fire is jacob with out a flame Joseph is ineffective from afar and it's only with the birth of Joseph who was like a flame could Jacob hope to defeat Esau in the Torah anthology to the 12 prophets volume 1 page 487 491 and 493 it is written regarding the house of Joseph a flame and the house of Esau for a stubble or straw Obadiah chapter 1 verse 21 says liberators will come on Mount Zion to Judge the Mount of Esau and the dominion or the kingdom will be the Lord. According to some traditions, the liberators who will come up on the Mount Zion refer to the sons of Moses who are presently locked away on the other side of the river Sabbathion. In the time of the redemption, they will come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. We have a foreshadowing that Joseph or Ephraim or the ten tribes. United with Judah, is necessary to defeat Esau in the Torah in Exodus chapter 17 where there is a conflict with Amalek who is a descendant of Esau. It is written there, and Moses said to Joshua, choose us out men and go out fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses has said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And Joshua, who is of the tribe of Ephraim, who represents the ten tribes, discomfited Amalek, or Esau, and his people with the edge of the sword. In the Sanchino Midrash volume 2, pages 690, and 699 it says the grandson of Joseph is destined to destroy Amalek as it says and Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword Exodus chapter 17 and verse 13 Elijah will precede the coming of the Messiah Matthew chapter 17 verses 10 and 11 and his disciples asked him saying why then do the scribes say that Elijah must first come and Yeshua answered and said to them Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things what's the restoration unto Torah the ministry of Elijah brings restoration and Elijah points the people of the God of Israel to Torah Malachi chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 remember ye the Torah of Moses my servant which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with his statutes and judgments. behold I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. Notice when Elijah the prophet is being sent, his message is remember the Torah of Moses. And he's being sent before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. What do we call the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord? The tribulation or even the great tribulation. So notice Elijah comes before the tribulation of the great tribulation. And the message is remember the Torah of Moses. You know what we call that today? What message is being voiced in the earth that we need to follow the Torah? It's the Hebraic root of Christ. Christianity message, and this is the message of the ministry of the Spirit of Elijah. In the book A Matter of Return by Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg on page 138, he explains that no member from the ten tribes will be accepted in marriage by Judah until the days of the Messiah. Until the arrival of the prophet Elijah in the Messiah, no member of any of the ten tribes shall be accepted for the purpose of marriage into the Jewish people. This is stated in the Seder Eliahu Suta. Proselytes are not accepted from the Kuthians until the prophet Elijah and the son of David the Messiah will appear since the ten tribes were intermingled among them. This infers that the descendants of the ten tribes are definitely forbidden since they are suspect of being from halakhically prohibited Jewish marriage, according to Rabbinic Judaism. In the Messiah text, by Raphael Patai page 144, it explains that Elijah will announce the redemption to the house of Jacob. Everywhere in the Bible, the name Jacob is spelled without a vav, except for five places. And everywhere, the name of Elijah is spelled with a vav, except for five places. Why? To teach you that Elijah will come and redeem the seed of Jacob. Jacob took the vav from the name of Elijah as a pledge that Elijah would come and announce the redemption of the world to his children. This is a commentary of Rashi to Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 42. In the book Ephraim, the Gentile children of Israel by Yardavidi on page 224, he explains regarding Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 6 that says that a cry will be made, Arise and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 6 later talks of the notes reim or the Christians, and in in this case both the simple sense of the passage as well as the opinion of most commentators of Rashi, Radak, and others says that those spoken of are the exiled of Israel. Jeremiah predicts that these lost Israelite notes ream English watchmen upon the Mount of Priam will cry, Arise and let us go up to Zion. Don Isaac Arbobanel who lived from 1437 to 1508 suggests that the word notes ream used here refers to members of the Christian faith. The The prophet foresaw through divine inspiration that the Roman descendants of Edom would believe in that faith and therefore they would be called by the name Notzrim. So it says in Jeremiah 31.6 that the Christian will say, Arise and let us go up to Zion. The house of Jacob being united, that is Ephraim and Judah, is mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 16 it is written, Moreover thou son of man, take you one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions, and join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in your hand. Ezekiel 37 verse 22. When the unification of Ephraim and Judah take place, the unification will take place in the mountains of Israel, and that is the West Bank. That is the area where the world wants to make a PLO state. And I will make them one nation in the land, upon the mountains of Israel and one king shall be king to them all and they shall no more be two nations neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. With the unification of Ephraim and Judah there will no longer be any envy between Ephraim and Judah. In the book A Matter of Return by Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg on page 132 he writes When the ten tribes return there will be no envy between the tribe of Judah and the ten tribes united. They will wage war against all their enemies. We learn this from the continuation of Isaiah's prophecy. The envy also of Egypt shall depart, and they that harass the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. That's Isaiah chapter 11, verse 13. And ultimately, there is a unification of both houses of Israel, and when this happens, Yeshua will rule and reign over them, and this is associated with the Messianic era. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 24 And David my servant A term for the Messiah Shall be king over them And they will have one shepherd John chapter 10 verse 14 That's Yeshua And they will walk in my judgments And observe my statutes and do them That is following Torah And thus we have what has always been desired Of the God of Israel That he would have a people Who would be redeemed by the Messiah And Messiah would rule and reign with them And they would would be following the Torah and keeping his commandments. This is the joy and celebration of the Messianic era. Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, What the Rabbis Teach About the Ten Tribes. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.